Welcome into this week's edition of the Colin Coaches Show. We're wide open as all the spring sports are starting, and we've got basketball as well, too. We are anticipating the debut of softball. We should have everybody here this week except for them. We're going to have the defending national champions on as soon as they start. But starting this week, we're going to have women's basketball. And joining me is our head coach, Dr. Britta Stevens. Coach, thanks for joining me. Thank you. Coach, obviously uh, a, a little bit of a weird week. You went one and one, and you um, you started off and you beat Jones. You take that one 77 to 69. Talk about how you felt the girls played in that one. Yeah, you know, we were happy to get a home win, a home conference win. We needed one. We had lost several in a row. Um, I never felt like that game was quite as close as what the score indicated. I, honestly, I was very, very disappointed in the last maybe minute and a half of the game. It was like we just said, okay, the game's over with, and there was still a minute and a half left. And had there been three minutes left in the game, I think we would have been in a lot of trouble. So I was very disappointed uh, defensively in how we played at the end of that game. I didn't think we handled their pressure late in the game very well. Um, other than that, overall, I was pretty pleased with how we played. It was very much a complete effort uh, from our team. You know, Jones had a 6'2 kid, and she was a true 6'2 kid. A lot of times people will list kids at 6'2, and they're 5'11, but this kid was a true 6'2. She was a Jackson State transfer, and one of our keys to victory was keep her off the board um, and don't let her have a good night, and we did an excellent job of that. In fact, I think they only – we out-rebounded them, and I think they only got like eight or ten offensive rebounds all night. So our bigs, especially – I remember Lashanti Payne just doing a really, really good job of blocking that kid off and doing her job and keeping her off the boards. We got her in foul trouble. She was not really a factor in the game because she she came out and, and that really helped us be able to be successful and win this game. And you go and you look at the box score and, and you have a 16 to 11 lead after the first quarter and then you, you you match each other in scoring output in the second. Both had 20 points but you have a 36 to 31 lead at halftime. So you're feeling really good coming through, mm -hmm. coming out of halftime, coming into the third quarter. You win that quarter. You outscore them 19 to 16 to to maintain your lead, and then you both match each other 22 points again in the fourth quarter. So you won the odd quarters, you tied the even <laughs> quarters, and it all equals a win for the for the Wolves, um, or for the Lady Wolves. First time Lady Wolves have beaten Jones since, uh, I believe, uh, March, February of 2020, only the third win in the last eight years. So a big win for the Lady Wolves in this one. Yeah, it was a big win for us, and it was a it was home conference win. Every home conference win is big. Every conference win is big, but specifically the home ones. Um, I think there doesn't need to be a misconception. I'm very happy that we beat Jones for the first time since whatever. Right. But this is not the Jones team right. that they've had in the past. They have uh, they lost a lot of people. Um, they didn't get some of the big-time signees that they had had in the past. So it is a very good win for us. But it is not a number 10 in the country Jones team or some of those perennial powerhouse teams that they've had the past four or five years. Thankfully for us, uh, we're, we're glad that they've kind of fallen off a little bit um, and, and just really glad to get the win. You know, I, I didn't – I don't ever look at the quarter breakdowns. I knew the third quarter was a good quarter for us. I knew the fourth quarter was a really bad quarter for us. Um, you know, I thought defensively early in the game we played a lot of zone because they don't shoot it. The statistics said they didn't shoot it well, and then they started shooting it pretty well, and we immediately went, we have to change to man. And we were we ended up playing a lot of man the rest of the game just because they were shooting it better than what they statistically had shot it all year. So those adjustments, I think that helped us be successful too. And honestly, if I'm being completely honest – our group likes to play man a little bit more than they like to play zone. They don't get fired up when I say we're going to play a lot of zone. They like to play man, and that's okay as long as we can keep the ball in front of us. And I thought we did a good job of that for three quarters, and then the fourth quarter I thought we did a really poor job of that. So you, you go and you, you look at the individual stats. you got a big game from Ashanti Fleming. Uh, Pumpkins played really big mm -hmm. in your last couple from this one, and I think the, the Holmes game and a couple more in between there. She had 17 points, led the way, I think, if I'm looking at everything correctly, yeah, led all scores with 17 points. So, so a good game from uh, what a lot of people consider your two guard. She does a really good job playing kind of off the ball and mm. you know finding her spot and and getting the shots for herself. Yeah, she did a really good job, and that's two games in a row that she's had. Honestly, that's probably more like three games in a row that she's played really, really well. I thought she played really well at the Holmes game, and I felt like she demanded the ball more and wanted it and was more looking to score. Uh, and she's a very, very unselfish player. She's about Colian and what can I do to help. Colin win, but sometimes almost to a fault. Sometimes she needs to go demand that ball more. And I felt like in this game, she did that once again. She demanded the ball and she was in positions to score. She took really good shots. You know, we ran a lot of ball screen stuff against them, and that helps her get downhill and take good shots. She made a couple threes, which is not necessarily 
her strong suit or our strong suit as a team, but we were able to get the ball inside and play inside out and then get those threes. Um, I thought Sierra Myers had a really good game in this one. With Jones, she had nearly a double-double. Jamia Smith had a double-double. Um, those two players have been playing consistently very well for us. One of our keys for this game also was to get the ball inside, and when you had the big 6-2 kid on you, let's face and take her because she was not very mobile moving side to side, and those two were able to do that. C and J have a – they have the ability to put the ball on the floor, and they're deceiving. When you look at them, you're like, I don't know if they can do that, but they are very, very good at that, so they were able to be successful by doing that. So those three players, I thought they played really well. Honestly, there are a lot of other players that I can remember who played very well. I thought Kayla Howard played well. I thought Cookie Wilkinson played well. You know, I thought we had some freshmen, Kiki McChristian, who's played well for two games for us. I thought we had a lot of kids who came in off the bench and played well. So I did feel like, you know, when I went back to my office after that game, Sometimes I go, who played well? And I can't really think of anybody. That night I walked back to my office and I went, wow, everybody played well. And that's a good feeling as a coach. You want everybody to play well. You look at that and you mentioned Sierra Myers, 10 and 7 out of her. And then Jamia Smith, the double-double, 11 and 10. You know, we, we talked after this game and I told you one thing that really stood out to me. It's something that, you know, this is a player we talk about all the time. She's kind of an unsung hero. And uh, it, it, was, it was something that impressed me. It was Sequoia Bolden. She made a layup on one end, and mm -hmm. I told you by the time I could input what had happened, I looked up, and she was already on the other end of the court ready defensively. You know, she just – uh, you know, you you watch her, and you just have to appreciate the hustle and the heart and the toughness that she plays with. She she does play with a toughness and a hustle and a heart, and she is very much an unsung hero. Some nights she scores six points, some nights she scores two points, and she doesn't care. Some nights I ask her to play the four against a six-two kid. Some nights I ask her to go in and play the three and ha help handle the ball. She does anything I ask her to do. Um, jumping ahead a little bit to the Delta game, she is an emotional player, and that's not always a bad thing. But in the Delta game, she she got frustrated with a couple of her teammates because she's playing so hard and working so hard and she didn't feel like some of them were playing hard and she got on them pretty pretty big and I like that because that's what she brings she brings that energy to us and she brings that you know that fire and we need that and sometimes your teammates need that and she's one of those kids that we can always count on bringing it and she brings it in she gets on them and she pushes them in a positive way. You know, it's never um, discouraging or defensive. It's always very positive. So um, looking ahead to that Delta game, I thought that was one thing. She was kind of a bright spot in what I consider a morbid game. So we we will jump to that one. And, and we have mentioned already, this one just, uh, you look at this one and you go, it just, just, wasn't, just wasn't the Lady Wolves night. You look at this one and you go, flush it, move on, not our night, didn't play our best ball. Uh, you look at this one, 62 to 49, or 43. Excuse me. Um, your thoughts about oh, the game overall? Um, you know, first of all, I think Delta is a much better team than what their record says. They we, we went into this and we were tied in whatever play. We we were two and four. They were two and five. And I looked at their record and when I was watching film, I went, they're way better than a two and five uh, conference team. They're a very mature team. They had a lot of people that returned. They play in a way. They play a one-two-two matchup zone, which is something that hardly anybody else in our league plays. And for players who've never played against it. My, most of my team had never played against it. When you start trying to play against it, they're very confused. They're like, Coach, I don't know what this is. Is this zone? Is it man? So I think kudos to them. You know, tip my hat to Coach Banks and what she's doing with her group because she's doing a really good job. And I, I do really like their team. It was not our night. We could not get anything to go well for us. The first quarter went really well. We, we played zone because they don't shoot it, and we did a good job. And then they went on some runs. We took some bad shots. They got some long rebounds that turned into transition baskets. And you and I, as many times as we've talked this year, every time we've talked, rebounding and transition defense, transition baskets have kind of been our Achilles heel. You know, And that's what I told them after the game last night. I said, y'all, it's something we put on the practice plan every day, and we do it every day because we're trying to help you get better at it. But at some point – We've got to embrace that, and we've got to know this is what we're not good at. We've got to find ways to get better at it, and that really hurt us in that second quarter. Late in the second quarter, they went on a big run. Like I said, bad shots, long rebounds, transition baskets, and that really, really hurt us. And then after halftime, there was just we were just almost defeated. We just couldn't come back. We, I, I called timeout at one point in the third quarter, and I said, y'all, this is like boxing. I said, they threw a punch, and your nose is bloody, and we have not responded. I said, don't get knocked out, and we were, we were just a TKO last night. We just got knocked out. Right. So, and you look at uh, again quarter breakdown twenty to sixteen after the first quarter. You're, you're feeling good. At, you're you're right in there. You're in it. The the middle two quarters are really what mm -hmm. did you end as you said. You get outscored thirty three to fifteen in those two in the second and third combined. But you look at the fourth quarter. You outscored them twelve to nine. So the fourth quarter, you know that 
you're able to find some success there. So there, there, there's some things you can build on in that quarter more than likely. But, you know, again, a, a game overall, as, as we said at the beginning, just one you kind of want to flush and go, yeah. we're just moving on from this one. It happened. We can't change anything. The result right. is, is what it is, and, and we're moving on. But you, you look at the individual box score, and uh, the highlight here is uh, Alexandria Washington mm-hmm. coming off the bench 16-7, and seven, led all scores with 16, a, a bright spot for the freshman uh, in, a, in an otherwise uh, kind of not bright game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she was very much a bright spot as a freshman. And, you know, this league is tough. College basketball is tough. You go from being the best player on your team to a team where everybody was the best player on their team. And she's a freshman kid who some nights she gets a lot of minutes, some nights she doesn't get minutes because she's got three sophomore posts who are very good in front of her. You know, Lashanti Payne, Sierra Myers, Jamia Smith. Well, those are kids we talk about every year because they're av- – or every – every time we talk because they're averaging double-doubles. So sometimes that playing time for Alex Washington is very limited. She's a skilled player. Last night was her night, and she had a chance to really step up and show that. Sierra got two early fouls. Jamia rolled her ankle in practice on Friday and just – she just wasn't very good. You know, she was hurt and couldn't go. Biddy didn't play bad. You know, Lashante didn't play bad. But this was Alex Washington's night, and she had a chance to step up. In fact, I got frustrated with our guards some because we were running things to get her the ball in, close to the basket, and they wouldn't give it to her, or they would give it to her at the nail, or they would give it to her on the perimeter. I'm like, y'all, you, she can't do anything with it there. That's not where she wants it. Give it to her where she wants it. And when she got the ball in positions where she wanted it, she was extremely successful. I can remember several times that she shot it and missed it, got it back, and went back. She was just persistent and kept going after it. And so I was really happy that she had a good night. She was the bright spot of the night. You know, I thought Sequoia Bolden had an okay night. Again, scoring is not really what she does, but she did bring some other things to us. thought Cookie Wilkinson had a good night. Um, she got a lot of baskets off of steals. She was able to get some steals, which converted to offense. Uh, other than that, I thought we had a lot of people who just had a really bad night. And I'll be honest, it probably started in practice on Sunday night. Coach Holt and I, we, we told him over and over in practice on Sunday night, you're not practicing like you're ready to play. You're not practicing like you're ready to play. And so that translated from Sunday night into Monday's game. You can't just flip a switch and show up and play against a good team. And everybody in our league is a good team. You just can't show up. And, and I told him in warm-ups before the game, I said, I don't feel like you're warming up preparing to win this game. So that was frustrating for me and for Coach because we had a chance to go on the road and win a game. We had a chance to jump them in the standings and get right back into the middle of the pack, and then we just didn't even really didn't even really throw a punch, so to speak. You, you look at it. You look at Cookie's line. Nine points. Flirted with a double double because she had eight steals. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know. She oh, I did not realize she had that many steals. Found a way to like you know. And, 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 uh, there were a few times she'd find a way. She just poked the ball loose mm-hmm. or the ball. Some you know the ball would pop into her hands and those kind of things as well too. So. Um, and like you mentioned, a good job of turning, transitioning defense into offense for her. So we'll look at the schedule ahead. Uh, you got a couple of tough ones coming up here <laughs> yeah. for the next two. Uh, you, you, you'll host Northeast this upcoming Thursday, and then we'll uh, go to the next week. You'll go on the road. It won't be a Monday night game. It'll be a Tuesday night game, mm-hmm. President's Day being Monday. Uh, so we'll play on that Tuesday. But the first one, again, hosting Northeast. Uh, what do you know about the Lady Tigers coming into this one? Uh, not much at all. I have watched zero film on them. Um, I have – I did see them early in the year against Bat- at Baton Rouge when they were playing. Uh, I, th- I think they've got a good team. I think they're mature. I think she's got a lot of pieces. I don't think they're very deep. I think they only play about six or seven. I talked to Coach Harris at Southwest last night. You know, we usually talk after the games, especially on the road games because we're both on the bus and everything. And he said I was up 18 at one point, and we started fouling really bad, and they cut it to two. And he said Northeast had a chance to tie it at the buzzer. So that's a little scary. Now, that was – at their place. Um, scary for me because we like to foul, and that's been one of our keys all year is don't foul. Hold your hands up and make people score over you and don't foul. So if they're foul, if they're getting a lot of fouls, to me that indicates that they're driving to the basket a lot, and so we're going to have to do a good job of keeping the ball in front of us. But to be honest with you, I really don't know very much about them. I, I printed the stats out this morning, and I've added the film to huddle, and that's today. We'll start – Coach and I will start breaking it down and looking at it. Um, looking ahead to Pearl River, don't know a ton about them either, have not seen anything on them. I know that they've been consistently right around number nine in the country all year. But I also know that Gulf Coast went to them, or Gulf Coast had them the other night, and Gulf Coast beat them, and Northeast beat Gulf Coast. So to me, that says there's a lot of parity in our league. There are a lot of teams that are beating each other, and that's what our kids, and I try not to talk too much about standings and where we are, and maybe I should talk more about it, but everybody's beating everybody. You know, there are teams, Northwest, which is a team we beat at their place, is five and two. Mm -hmm. That 
that speaks to me and says, we've got a chance to still be here and still be in the mix. So, and some people haven't played the Pearl Rivers or the Gulf Coast. You know, everybody's schedule is different, but everybody's beating everybody. And if we can just take care of our own business, we can get help from other people when they're everybody's beating everybody. You're looking at it right now and, you know, two and five in conference, not where you want to be, but even at two and five in conference, two and four, whatever it is, but you've still, you're still giving yourself a chance. You still have a fighter's chance uh, going into the last mm-hmm. bit of the schedule, and you still have a lot of winnable games ahead of you. So, you, you, you know, you you would like to have, like you said, get, got the win last night against Delta and, and really propelled yourself back into the middle of things, but you still have a chance to be right there in the middle when it's all said and done and get into the region tournament. Yeah, you do, and that's what – and I tell them after every game, one game, one win doesn't – end our season. One loss doesn't end our season. It's a whole body of work. You're looking at a whole body of work. You know, I always look at it as if you get seven wins, you're, you've clinched. That doesn't mean you're going to be a number one or a number two, but if you can win half your games, there are 14 re- league games. If you can win seven, you're going to get in. But I feel like if we can win five, we may be able to stand a chance. Now, that may be sneaking in at the 12th seed, and that's okay with me. If we if that's where we have to sneak in, let's sneak in at the 12th seed and let's make some noise in the tournament. But we've got to win. We've got to win the home games. We've got to win the ones that we're supposed to win. You know, Hines, when they come here, we got to get that one. Cahoma, when they come here, we've got to get that one. Meridian, when they come here, we've got to get those three. You know, those are the next three home games. Northeast, if we could get that one at home, that's a feather in our hat. I do think they're going to finish in the top of our league. So I think the next two are going to be tough for us. I know that. Are they winnable? Absolutely. But we're going to have to play a lot better than we played at Delta but after those two then the others we're looking at very very winnable games and we've got to play better and try to find a way to to rattle off a few wins in a row. So lots of exciting things happening for the Lady Wolves they go one and one over their last two beating the Lady Bobcats of Jones falling to the Lady Trojans of Mississippi Delta again coming up their next two hosting the Lady Tigers of Northeast and then on the road for the Lady Wildcats of Pearl River. We also want to remind everybody this upcoming Thursday we'll have the uh, reception honoring former Lady Wolves head coach Gwen Young. Um, They'll also be honoring him during halftime of the game as well, too. So lots of exciting things. We're looking forward to having a lot of alumni come back, a lot of former Lady Wolves basketball players, and just having a good time uh, honoring the legacy of uh, head coach Gwen Young and all that he did for Colin Lady Wolves basketball. Coach, thanks for joining us as always. Always look forward to talking to you. Always always a good time talking basketball and Lady Wolves basketball and everything that's going on. Thank you. So stick with us through the break. We've got lots more Wolves athletics action to talk about after this. Thanks for sticking with us through the break, and we're going to have our first tennis segment of the Colin Coaches Show, and join me now is our head men's and women's tennis coach, Dana Hale. Coach, thanks for joining me. Thanks, Kevin. Thanks for having me. And coach, obviously, the season's gotten started. I know you've gotten a few matches under your belt. I think both teams have gotten three. The ladies have played one extra one against Louisiana Christian. Obviously, that one being a little exhibition doesn't does count or hurt the team. Uh, I know you dropped that one two to seven, uh, but uh, I think Yari played in was it the longest match in uh, school history. Played Just like about, a three-hour match. Yeah, it was awesome. She played – Unbelievably well. Unbelievably so, well. And for those of you unfamiliar with college tennis, three hours is a long time in any world of tennis, pro or otherwise. So a three-hour match at college tennis, almost kind of unheard of. Yeah, but. so she uh, won the first set in the tie break, lost the second set in the tie break, and since the match had already been clinched, she didn't have to play a full third set, just a 10-point tie break, and she won it 10-7. And so she, if she plays like that the rest of the season, it'd be hard for her to lose. So we'll, well, we'll go back all the way to the start of the year. Started back right at the end of January. Games that got, I think, moved up a little bit. You were supposed yeah. to play those that weekend. Had some weather coming in in the Mobile area. Went over to uh, Coastal Alabama South. I believe Bay Minette, Mobile mm-hmm. area, somewhere in there. Played played Coastal Alabama South. Girls won that one 5-4. to four. They've won all of theirs. But uh, just talk about that opening match and, and really kind of, you know, I know it came down to your last singles match. I think it was the six singles. And, you know, with, with, with technology and stuff, you can actually, you know, watch the scores and those kind of things. I told you I was watching it. I was like, it's going to come down to this match. And uh, it did. And, and you know, ladies were able to pull out a win on that one. Actually, it was five singles. But it was Mika- Michaela Rommel. She's my sophomore, one of my captains. And uh, she's one of those that has – a win at all costs, just going to not quit, um, had a close match, but ended up pulling it out in, uh, in the tie break. So, yeah, we won that close match, and Coastal Alabama is pretty good. They've got uh, really good doubles, one team, and a number one do- uh, singles is really good. So it was great to get a, a win on the road, and um, 
uh, all the girls, uh, and I was just looking at my roster from this year to last, I only have two returners from last year's team. So we're pretty young. Um, I have three new internationals. We have Michaela as a sophomore and Allie Everett from Wesson is also my second sophomore. But everybody else is freshman and brand new. So I feel very fortunate that the girls have meshed as well as they have and they work hard in practice. And I think it's really showing off. So I'm so excited about our today's match because it is our first conference match against East Central. So I'm excited that hopefully the weather's going to be a little bit nicer today uh, compared to yesterday also. So yeah, looking forward to a great, great match. Up today. So you also look at the other two that you've already played. You won 9 0 against Southwest and then again 5 4 against Hines. And a couple of matches where I, I think you changed up a little bit of your lineup, a little bit, just, just trying some other things out and you were able to get success in those yeah, as well. Yeah, we, we had we've been having a few nagging injuries. So since that was a non conference, um, I wanted to kind of get some other people in, in the matches. So we did and fortunate enough to win. So yeah, looking, you know, it, it's crazy to say that. Uh, Anything could happen on any given day, but I really like our shots. And we honestly, on both sides, we're probably going to win a lot of matches or lose a lot of matches 5-4. So it's going to be real close this year. So, and you, and you look at the upcoming ones for, for the ladies, and these will be for the men as well, too. We'll talk about the men in just a second, but continuing with the ladies, you've got East Central this upcoming Tuesday. Then you'll go on the road. You'll play a couple on the road over in New Albany. You'll play against Northeast. I believe that one is a conference matchup as Correct. well, too. And then you'll play Blue Mountain, another exhibition for you, but just another match where you get to play some some more tennis and play some you know some quality opponents there too but what do you what are you excited about those upcoming matches well with the the blue mountain match you know they have uh, most of their uh, players are internationals which you know tends to be harder competition and so i feel like if we can go and just get more exposure you know and you know with the freshmen nerves is always still an issue and you want to play as many matches possibly to prepare them so when we do get in the bulk of our conference season um they'll definitely and be prepared. So that's that's why I've tried to add uh, more uh, extra matches besides our conference matches this year because we are playing Millsaps as well as Bellhaven, um, Belleville State, Marion Military. So we're playing several other uh, JUCOs and uh, senior four-year colleges to hopefully just prepare us that, you know, when we get ready to go to regionals, we'll be better. Yeah, I think a lot of people would ask why why play Louisiana Christian, Blue Mountain, Bellhaven, Millsaps, and you, you answered it. It's all about the exposure. It's all yes. about getting them ready. Like you said, getting ready not only for region, but really for what you'll see at the national tournament. The team gets that far. You know, you'll face a lot of teams that have primarily international players on their rosters. So, you know, it, it, in the long run, it, it, helps, it helps the teams get better. Well, true. And if you're playing someone who is better than you, you're going to tend to rise up. And I, that can be said in any sport. And so I feel like, you know, and they have they can play even more loose because they're like, I have nothing to lose. I, I'm not expected to win this match. And so I will say that uh, my, our new assistant, Trip Case, has done a great job uh, in the fall and in the spring already developing these kids, uh, you know, recognizing the things that they need to work on. And he's so fundamentally sound. And, and, and we're seeing that it's paying off already big time. So we'll, we'll go back and we'll look at the men's side now. Um, the guys lost their opener 72 to Coastal Alabama South, but I think if I'm remembering correctly, you had a lot of those matches that went to third set tiebreakers. A lot of those could have gone either way, and it easily could have been, you know, a 6-3 loss or a 5-4 win for the guys. Uh, but what what did you see out of that opening match? Well, one, one, you know, I've got great sophomore leadership. Landon Baines is coming back. He's from Brookhaven Academy. And then my international player, Valentino Milamasi from Argentina, Argentina. He he is focused. He is I mean, he works with all the American kids, stays after practice, brings great fire, you know, mm -hmm. he's always excited. So and then of course we have Arnie uh Summer. He was a reverse transfer from Alcorn State and he's just he's phenomenal. He won the ITA regionals, went to the national tournament. You know, a lot of players are gonna be gunning for him since he he did win the ITA. But, you know, just excited that and we have such good team chemistry that, you know, in, in this league, I, this is my fifth year as being the head coach here at Colleen, and I, it's, it's just every year the, the competition just continues to get stronger and stronger. So, but I feel like even having said that, we're, we're going to be right there in the mix. We could be as high as probably possibly third seed or even as low as the fifth seed. But I really feel like on both sides that we're going to be right there in the hunt. And you, you look at the, the next two matches, guys are on a winning streak. They won two in a row. Same exact scores from the girls. 
beat Southwest 9-0, beat Hines 5-4. Again, had had a couple of those matches in the Hines match. Could have gone either way, could have resulted in a loss, but fell the way for the Wolves. Uh, but overall, what have you seen out of your guys that you've really liked so far? I know it's early. I know conference play is about to start, but, uh, you know, you know, as you alluded to when we've talked in the past, you played a lot in the fall too, as well too. So, it, you know, they've had some a, a good bit of tennis under their belt at this point. Yeah, I think the big thing is they just want to get better each and every day. Uh, there, there. I have a couple out there already warming up, and we our match today doesn't start to two o'clock. So, what does that tell you? And they're also out there late at night. I mean, that's that's the one thing that you know they are so internally motivated and they're such great kids and they're just a joy to coach and like i said even on the boys side they're such good team chemistry so i'm excited i, I feel like each year we've been very successful but i really feel like this this might be on the cusp of us really just breaking into and breaking that ceiling and and being in the top 3 you know and the top 8 teams go to regional and then the top 3 teams out of region play go to the national tournament so that's our goal we set goals that we would be in the top 8 of course my goal was to be in the top 3 to be seated at least the third seed cuz you you know, draw a better opponent, um, and then make it out of national, make it and make it to the national tournament. So that's our goal. So, and obviously the guys have the same three matchups coming as well too. You know, a, a, again, you you talked about it. The the men's side is loaded. I think the women's side is is probably just as strong. Uh, um, but you know, what are you expecting out of these first two conference matchups for the guys? Um, I feel like my goal is for us to win at least seven two today on both sides. Um, and I hope to win 9-0 against uh, Northeast. Just they Northeast only has one international boy and no international girls, and so that really does make a huge difference uh, because, you know, their better players will have to play our internationals, and it's just hard. It's just hard for American kids to match up, you know. You do have your exceptions. There are a couple out there, but on average uh, the internationals usually have the heads up. So I feel like today uh, – my goal is to win at least 7-2. So if we don't, I'll be disappointed. <laughs> All right. Lots of good stuff already in the pipe for the Lady Wolves and Wolves tennis teams. Lots of exciting action coming up. We'll have Coach Hale join us back periodically throughout the season, talk about all the success they're having, and talk about the season as it pro as it progresses. Stick with us through the break. Coming up, we'll have head men's basketball coach David Sanders find out what happened last night in the Wolves' win against Delta. It was an exciting finish. I was there to see it, and we're excited to talk about it. Welcome back in. Thanks for sticking with us through the break. Tease that head coach David Sanders was joining us. We're actually going to have the assistant coach, Cortez Mitchell, join us. Coach, thanks for joining us this week. No problem. How you doing, Kev? I'm doing good, Coach. And Coach, had a little bit of an up-and-down week. Uh, had one game that really kind of slipped through your fingers, and then one where you feel like you kind of escaped with the win. But we'll go to the first one against Jones. You lose that one 75-73. to Had a really fast and furious comeback at the end. Um, you actually made the last shot of the game, and unfortunately, had you had maybe another possession or two, you probably would have won that one. But overall, how do you feel about the guy, way the guys played in that one? Uh, I thought they played hard. I thought they played together. Uh, we knew it was going to be a tough game. Uh, Jones is a good team. And uh, that's what we want to measure ourselves against, the good teams in the league. Uh, again, we feel like we let slip away. Uh, and one that we should have got, but uh, we didn't. Guys play hard, and that's why I think they can play hard on Thursday. You know, and, and you had a little bit of a, a unique experience in this one. You're up at halftime by a point. The second half got a little uh, got a little out of balance there mm -hmm. with with you know some of the foul calls and those kind of things. And uh, Coach Sanders uh, had, had took a little bit of an exception to it, and then uh, he yeah. had to uh, go finish the rest of the game in the office. Unfortunately. Uh, you know, drew a couple of technical fouls in. You had to step in and and, and take over reins there. And uh, you know, I I feel like in in that kind of a unique situation, it, it felt like you you really understood what you had to do and and how to get the guys to the finish line. And it really felt like it kind of galvanized the team there in the mm -hmm. second half. And like I said, fast and furious comeback just fell a little bit short. Well, uh, first of all, uh, the reason you want to play for Coach Sam because he's a players coach and he was standing up for his players, Absolutely. and that's something he's gonna do uh, every time. 
uh, no matter the consequence. So uh, the guys kind of knew that. And the first thing in the huddle when he got kicked out, they said, let's go try to win this for Coach Sanders. And that's what we tried to do. Uh, we came up a little bit short, but they played hard because I think a sense of urgency kind of got to them and they realized what was at stake. Yeah, definitely don't blame Coach for going to bat for his guys. You know, I, 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 I think I told y'all at that, that point, I kind of – Saw the saw the look in his eyes, and I yeah. was like, I, I think I know where this is going. So, uh, you know, let, let's hang on for the ride. But it was a great atmosphere after that for as sure. well, too. For you sure. know, I, I I told both of y'all I said I couldn't hear myself think for like the last five minutes of that mm -hmm. game. You know, you're you're trying to do stats, and at the same time, you're you're trying not to be wowed by the atmosphere, by the way the crowd really really got into it, and really kind of I think that helped propel the guys as well too. For sure, uh, the crowd is big, man. We need those guys at every home game. The noise they made, uh, especially at the end, the kid missed the free throw. That's what gave us a chance to start the run. Uh, fans are a big part of the basketball. That atmosphere is what we need in the gym, and uh, we hope that they continue to come to the home games to support us. So, and, and you go and you look at the box score again. You had that lead at half. You were up thirty-four to thirty-three, and then ultimately fell seventy-five to seventy-three. But I, I nicked down just again a, a huge lead. Can't be stated again. I, you know, I've talked to Coach Sanders a lot. One thing about this team is, is even when they're down by a lot, they're still not out of it. They just find a way to be resilient. Uh, yeah, uh, it's kind of weird, man. We know we have a good team. We let some games slip away, but the guys, they know what they're supposed to do. And when they lock in on other things, it's not a team in the league that can beat us. Uh, we've gave some games away with uh, doing, not doing small things, and uh, we hopefully we can clear those things up as the season continues. So you look at the box score, you you got four starters and double figures, and any anytime you have that, you know it's going to be a good night for mm -hmm. the Wolves. You're led by Carteria Scott, 21 points, five boards, four assists. Um, you know, Court being that that kind of a little bit of a combo guard for you know early in the year he kind of distributed the ball. Now mm -hmm. here lately more he's been he's been a lot more you know relying on your scoring and those kind of things. Talk talk about again we talk about every week but he really is the engine that makes everything go for you. Oh uh, yes, sir, he's the engine. Uh, Court's a good basketball player though. The reason good things happen to Court is because he don't care if he's scoring or if he's assisting. He's there to win. And when you just playing basketball to win, somehow like points find you. And that's what he does. Like he never goes into a game thinking he got to get this amount of points or this amount of assists. He's taking whatever the defense uh, gives him. He comes to the sideline. He's talking to us, telling us what he sees. Uh, the kid really sees uh, basketball, and that's the difference between him and a lot of people. He actually can see the game, and uh, it, it's benefiting him right now. That's why he's playing at a high level. You also look at it, Avon Johnson, nineteen and seven. I think the one thing that you would have liked to have seen was more of on Johnson in the mm -hmm. second half. He had 19, but he finished the first half with 16. He was absolutely cooking in the uh -huh. first half. Really really had a great first half. So, uh, And then you also had Devin Carter, 15 points as well, two, six rebounds. Those two guys really kind of – those are your two sophomores, mm -hmm. and they really kind of helped bolster this team and, and really propel them forward. Yeah, uh, Vaughn, man, he had a great first half. Some of that's kind of on me. me. Uh, we should have kept going to him in the first half, probably give him some more touches. But he uh, also was on the glass. He could have, he got to get on the offensive rebound. The best pass in the gym is that backboard up there. Go get you some offensive rebounds. Uh, but, yeah, he had it going in that first half. We probably could have gotten some more touches. But that's who Vaughn is. He kid can make shots. He's, he's a great catch and shooter. Uh, he can put it on the floor a little bit. He just got to be more decisive in what he want to do. And the sky's the limit for Vaughn because his size, he can rebound, he can pass, he can do a lot of things. And then Devin, uh, Devin is the guy we need uh, this final stretch to really step up and play with court. Like Devin's one of the best guards in the league, and it's not even a question. He just uh, he just got to play a little better. He got to be more decisive in his shots as well. He got to catch and shoot and let it go. Uh, cut down on some of the dribbling, but I know he'll figure it out when he started to in the Delta game. Right, and then you you look at it again. Uh, Emmanuel James, E man did what E man does. He, <laughs> he he finds a way to get you a double double or get close to it. Ten and twelve in that one, and uh, you know I, I really think there, especially late in the game, it kind of felt like he was. He was one of the big reasons why you're in it too. You know, he was able to go up, soar up, get some rebounds, and and cut down on their second chance buckets yeah. for the Bobcats. Uh, e man plays really hard, and he knows he has to rebound for us every night for us to even have a chance, and that's what he goes to do. No matter how big the other person is, uh, we probably we could have got him some more touches as well. But E man plays hard. Uh, I wanted to yell at him at halftime, and I looked at his number. I said, "Oh, he almost had a double double already." So that's just who he is. He's a good player. So, and then we, we fast forward to uh, on the road at Mississippi Delta, and uh, what an exciting finish. You know, yeah. I, I, I told people, teasing before the break, I was there. I got to see it in person. Yeah. Um, and we'll, we'll talk more in depth about it here in a second. But 89-86, um, talk about the way the guys played in this one. 
Uh, we didn't play great. I say that, but it's so hard to play at Mississippi Dubs. I played there when I was at Pearl. That's a hard gym to go play because it's like what college people call a bug bug saw gym. Like it's it's just hard. It's not a great gym, but it's okay. There's no crowd, no excitement. You got to kind of bring your own energy. And for us to be a good team, that's the thing we got to do. And we're not just there yet. We're headed that way, but that's the tough gym to play in. So you, you look at the breakdown, you're up by six at halftime, 38-32, mm -hmm. to 32, but the Trojans just kept finding ways yep. to fight back. I, I think they, they got really red hot from the three line. Yeah. That, that's a big factor there. And you they outscored you 54-51, to 51, but the most important one were those final three. If yep. you weren't watching, we're going to show you the clip here on the show, uh, and we've also posted on all of our social medias. Delta had tied the game. There's 15 seconds left. Delta ties the game with a three, 5.2 on the clock. You inbound it. Court just goes running down the uh, – Corteris runs down the court, and I'm, I'm personally thinking, man, we're going to go into overtime. You know, may, we might get this shot off. I don't know how we're going to get this shot off with just five seconds, but he raised up and just nailed a dagger to end the game. And it, you, you, you kind of just see everybody in the gym go, wow, that just happened. Yeah. Um, just, just an amazing performance out of court and, and, and really just – you know that that's the kind of performance that really can propel the team going forward. Yeah, well, uh, first uh, the three that they made to tie the game. Will Grayson did exactly what I told him to do. Played great defense. Told him don't fire the kid from Delta. Just made a great shot. And then when uh, honestly when Corey got it, I didn't know he was going to shoot a three, but I kind of thought that he was going to score some type of way. The kid told me on Tuesday uh, in the cafeteria that he wasn't going to let me lose this game. He knew that this was my first game coaching without Coach Sound. He told me he wasn't going to let me lose, and he lived up to that. So you, you look at the box score, and it wasn't a starter that led you in points in this one. It was actually a guy who came off the bench in this mm -hmm. one for you. It was Devin Carter. Devin, especially late, he he really he it looked like he got more determined to really kind of get downhill. That's something we talked about with Coach Sanders. You know, get get downhill, get in the paint, go to the line. Mm -hmm. That's where you're really successful at. And and I think he he, he had a lot better slot slips. Shot selection from the three. I'll get my words out here in a second. But finished with 23 points. Uh, and it, it kind of felt like a quiet 23. You know, I, I told somebody, I said, knew he had a lot of points. I didn't realize mm -hmm. it was 23. But uh, talk about the way he played in this one. Uh, Devin played great, man. For him to come off the bench the first time, uh, he was a team player. He understood what he needed to do. Uh, the thing I like about Devin, he understood he's not playing well. So when you're not playing well, sometimes coaches got to do things to kind of get you going. And that's what we wanted to do, bring him off the bench, to try to see how he was going to react. Because everybody wants to see how you react when things not going good. And Devin, he had a lot of energy. He came on. He, he tried to play defense. He tried. I think he had six assists. That's probably one of his highs of the year. And then the scoring, I mean, that's what Devin does. Like the kid, when he's locked in, when he's not dancing with the ball, the kid can go be a professional scorer. Like it, it's real easy for him because he got he does have all the moves and he can make shots. Right. And that's what he did yesterday. And then you got big performances out of both of your post players again, Avon Johnson and Manuel James. Identical matching stat lines, both flirting with double doubles, mm -hmm. had 19 and 7. And it really felt like, especially down the stretch, they were they were nabbing some rebounds for you, keeping them off second chance buckets, and uh, and, and made some clutch free throws at the end too. Both of them got into, got to the line a few times. Uh, but again, those two guys just solid for you almost every night, and they just find ways to help you help the team win. Yeah, uh, like I said, E-Man knows he has the rebound for us to win, but anytime Vaughn goes down there and rebounds a plus for us, those guys, they really can control the boards. Uh, I challenged both of them. I actually told E-Man he should have had 17 rebounds against that team, so he didn't quite, he didn't quite get there, but he tried. Like, Dell did a good job boxing him out. Sometimes they had two people boxing him out just to make sure he didn't get it. And when he couldn't get it, Vaughn got it. Uh, those guys played great together, first of all. Uh, and they, they understood what we needed them to do, and that's what they went out there and did. I think yeah, I heard Vaughn during uh, warm-ups. Somebody, somebody from the Delta fans said something to him, and it kind of kind of got him fired up. Yeah, and I said, yeah. okay, go use it. And uh, he definitely did. So, yeah. you, you know, it's, it's nice to see a guy, when, when, when you find something to motivate him, he really that's what I love about use Vaughn. it and step it up. I love when the outside factors talk bad to him because that's what he uses as his fuel. And some, some people need that. Some people are motivated from the inside. Some people are motivated from the outside. And when you when somebody else says something to Vaughn, like, that gets them going. So I hope everybody continues to do it on the road. <laughs> and then, obviously, the, the, the hero of the game, uh, Corteria Scott finishes with 17, so none bigger than the final three. Yeah, uh, yeah again, just he, you know, I, I tell Coach Sanders all the time, I'm just impressed with the way he plays. Reminds me a lot of, uh, you know, Jalen Murray at Ole Miss, those mm -hmm. kind of the way he just he will rise up for a shot, or you know, he'll he'll throw a pass, and you're like, I didn't even see that guy there. How did he see him? Mm -hmm. You know, he, he he's just a great basketball player. 
Yeah, uh, and the kid's always like he's he's here. He's not too high. He's not too low. And when you here all the time, man, good things gonna happen. He can have thirty. He's gonna be the same player. He can have two. He's gonna be the same player. And like I said earlier, like good things happen to people who play basketball the right way. And that kid, like he plays the right way. Like it, it, that's just who he is. It's built in him. And uh, me and Coach Son just continue to try to add to that. I think any, any one one big thing that can tell you how. Even kill Cortarius is. I think he picked up his fourth foul with about mm -hmm. two and a half minutes left. And you looked at him and you said, "Hey, Court, you got four. And he just said, "Okay." That's like, it. Just, just nothing, nothing bothers him. <laughs> he understood and he continued to guard. And that's the thing that kid like he wants to play defense as well. Some of those fouls, uh, especially late, weren't fouls they were calling early. And so I just told him you got to adjust. They weren't calling early, now they calling. So now you just got to make the adjustment. And he wanted to guard. And so I would never be mad at him for that. Right. And so you look at your next two, you got two that are they're they're tough games. I mean, every game every going game, so. is tough, but these next two are, are very tough. And you know, a ranked northeast team comes here. Uh we'll we'll talk about the Tigers in a second, but then you also you'll go on the road and face a very, very good uh Wildcats team in mm -hmm. Pearl River. So but let's go to the Tigers. What do we know about them? What are we expecting out of them coming in Thursday? Uh well I'm be honest, that's why I look kind of sleepy right now. I was up to about <laughs> uh one thirty last night watching Northeast. They're a good team. Uh Coach Wright does a good job of uh coaching them. They really try to defend. Uh it's gonna be a tough game because they uh they defend, they rebound, they they communicate. They one of the few teams in the league that I could say try to really try to compete on the defensive end. So it's gonna be a tough game, but we luckily we get them at home. Uh, I think we have one loss at home, so it's kind of to our advantage. And we, I know our team gonna be ready because they're always ready for uh, big games. So we're gonna see what happens. And then obviously uh, you go back to a gym you're very very familiar with. Played your co uh, junior college career there mm -hmm. over in Poplarville. Uh, you'll go play the Wildcats again of uh, Pearl River, a team that. Uh, some might would say struggling a little bit here, losing the last two in a row. Uh, but mm -hmm. what do you know about the Wildcats going into that? Uh, one? I know it's going to be a tough game. I know that they don't lose many at uh, Pearl River ever since I've been there. Uh, it's going to be hard to play. I know the fans going to be there. The baseball team is going to be there loud. We're going to have to go in uh, with our heads on straight and be ready to get a win. Uh, I know they're going to be coached well. I know they're going to try to defend. And I know that they're going to rebound the ball. Things that Pearl River has always done that we're going to have to um, be ready to do. And then there's also some things from Roger Film that we know we can take advantage of that we're going to try to see how the game go and see if we can get those things done. And Coach, obviously, you're, you're, again, we're, we're down. We're getting in, down here down the stretch. Don't have a lot left. Uh, Little about three three weeks left in the season, give or take. Um, and you're looking at it, and you know, again, after the Jones loss, you're thinking it's a long stretch. I, I don't, I don't know, I don't know if we can finish in that top spot. But after the results that we've had after the last couple of days, now it's right there back in your grasp. And you know, how do, how do you keep the guys focused on? Hey, our goals are still right there. We we can still win everything that we want. Well, that's the thing, uh, especially on the bus. Y'all after we seen the scores, kind of let the team know like. The leagues they they trying to give us the they trying to give us the lead. Either we gonna go take advantage of it or we not. But like I like we've been telling them all year, like if if we don't win the lead, and this is how we feel here at Colands, just how we should feel. If we don't win the lead, it's gonna be because of us. It's not gonna be because no other team. It's gonna be because we didn't do the little things that we should have done. We feel like we the most talented team, the most hardworking team in the league. Uh, we feel like we could be anybody on any given day, but we also can't be beat when we don't do the stuff we should do. So uh, they they know what's in front of them. They know that we still got a chance now. They was excited to see those scores on the bus yesterday. So I'm, I'm interested to see how practice go today to see if they kind of really uh, ready for that next step because it's gonna it's gonna it's gonna be hard. It's always hard to win a championship. No championship is given easy. That's why everybody doesn't win a championship. So lots of uh, exciting things happening for the Wolves. Everything they want still right in front of them. And uh, we'll give you all the details and updates as they're available across all of our social medias. And we'll have all the home games on stream as well, as well for you too. Stick with us through the break. We'll have head baseball coach Adam Shampley join us. We'll talk about how the Wolves did in their previous games. And then we'll talk about their upcoming, one, upcoming ones as well too.
Welcome back in. Thanks for sticking with us through the break. And joining me now is our head base baseball coach, Adam Shambly. Coach, thanks for joining me. Yeah, thank you for having me. And Coach, obviously a really good week for the Wolves. You go 2-1 and one on the week, and uh, you started off, you had a doubleheader on the road against Delgado. Uh, you split that one. You started off with a game one win. You picked that up 8-5. to five. Talk about how the guys played in game one and your thoughts on it. Yeah, I was uh, obviously always good to win. Um, you know, I think we jumped out. We did jump out first in that game uh, with a two spot in the top of the first, and then they put up four in the bottom half, I believe, and then we responded right back. You know, kind of been – offensively, that's kind of been the uh, the nature of us as an offense. Here early in the season, you know, we've been able to maybe go down a little bit but then respond, which is obviously huge. Um, so, you know, really pleased with that one um, and really – Really happy to see Goliath, you know, pitch so right, well in right. that one as well. And, and you and look at it. Oh, go ahead. We'll get to that, I'm yeah. sure. And, and and you look at it, and as you mentioned, you did score out first. A name we'll, I think we talk a lot about in this game is J.D. Weed. He, he had a big game in this one. Started out with a one-hit single, back-to-back -back walks with two outs to Dylan Wesson and Braden Bankston. Load the bases. A third straight walk to C.C. Christian Cameron. Uh, scores J.D. Weed. And then Bankston scores on an RBI single by Riley Easting. That's how you get the 2-0 lead. And then, as you mentioned, Dolphins scored four in the bottom of the first. A little bit of a, a rocky start for your starter, Tyler Ferguson. We'll talk a little bit about him later. And then, of course, uh, you, you you hinted on it. Uh, you tied the game, and you tied it in a big way. Back-to-back right. -back solo jacks from yeah. J.D. Weed and uh, and Jordan McKenzie. And I think I talked to y'all afterwards, and I asked, I said, were both of them no doubters? And y'all like, J.D.'s got really high. But y'all were like, J-Max, we knew off the bat. It was right. an absolute moonshot. Yeah, yeah. It was uh... – yeah, he hit it. He hit it well, um, you know, and he gave a little bit of a bat flip, and I was kind of holding my breath, like I really hope it goes out, you know. Which, as a hitter, you know, when yeah. you know, you know, it kind of thing. So uh, I was okay with the uh, the little bat flip there, and um, and I think those both may have come with two outs, mm -hmm. maybe, um, which was huge. You know, right. you go out, out, and then solo homer, solo homer to tie the game that early, and it was. Um, Obviously, we're right back in it, and it's zero to zero at that point, and we're ready to roll. All right. So then the the Dolphins do take a lead. They scored one in the fourth, so a five to four lead, and you know it looks like it, it may stay that way. You know, both pitchers. Uh, you know, you brought in a relief pitcher at that point, and of course, the starter for the Dolphins both kind of started locking in. But then uh, your guys came up, came up big, scored two in the sixth. Uh, again, J.D. Weed starts an inning getting on base. This time it was hit by pitch. He stole second, advanced to third on an error, and then tied the game on a sack fly by Dylan Wesson. And then you had three straight singles from Bankston, C.C., and Riley Easterling that gave you the six to five lead. And then you kept. Kept the Dolphins off the board. You go in in the seventh. You score two more. A leadoff single from Brentley Berry. A double from Tucker Jones. An RBI single from Weed scores. Uh, Brentley Berry and Tucker Jones. You're eight to five there. And then of course you keep them on the, off the board in the bottom of the seventh. Uh, Wade Barr has come in at that point. He just slammed the door on them. Right. So and you you look at the uh, look at the box score. J.D. Weed again. Big game. Three for four. Three RBIs. Uh, Jordan McKenzie, Braden Bankston, Riley Easterling, and Brentley Berry, all two hits each. So uh, a, a scattering of hits across the lineup, and, and you, that's a good thing you want to see as a coach. Right, absolutely. Um, yeah, you know, we've just found a way to, to win games. You know, it's uh, – I don't know that we are a team that, even though we hit two home runs in that game, I don't know that we're going to be a team that just hits a ton of home runs, but I do think we're going to be able to find a way, and that's what we've done so far, find a way to score runs. Um, so, yeah, I mean, great to see that. Great to see it as a team effort and everybody kind of playing their part in that. Yeah, of course, home runs are nice, but uh, get them on, get them over, get them in works just as well right, as a absolutely. home run sometimes. So, But then you look at the, uh, the the pitching stats and, you know, like it's, like we said, a little bit of a rocky outing for Tyler Ferguson. He pitched uh, – only two-thirds of an inning allowed all four runs. All of those were earned and had four four walks. And it seemed like uh, just just watching, it just seemed like he got behind early on and, and that kind of affected him. You know, I know, again, a freshman making his first start right. against a nationally ranked team like Delgado. There's a lot of nerves going into that for him. Yeah, and, uh, you know, like you mentioned, first ever college start, a kid from Louisiana, you know, throwing against Delgado, who he's probably grew up, you know, hearing about, tradition-rich program. Um, so I do think he was nervous, you know. Um, so it is, that's kind of what I told him after the game. I said, hey, man, we won the game, you know. So now you can relax and, and put this one past you and, uh, because we are going to need him, you know. And I've told him that already. He's going to be a guy that we count on, and we know he's talented enough to get the job done. And 
he'll bounce back. It just hey, it's one of those things. Yeah, and if uh, if you if you look at the you, the other two, you definitely circle because they had great outings. You go Kobe Gallat, you bring him in. He goes four and a third, allowed just the one earned run. Would have been on the hook for the loss had the guys not been able to come back. But still a stellar outing, no matter what. Just allowed that, like I said, the one uh, one run. On uh, and have five strikeouts and one walk, excuse me, there. So a good outing from him. And then Wade Barr gets his first appearance of the year, comes out and just absolutely deals. I think yeah. he gave up, gave it one hit and two innings pitched, five strikeouts and one walk. So mirrored Gallant on there. So you finish, finish with, a, with a high strikeout to walk ratio for that for your last two and, and got the win in his debut. So good, good, good relief outings out of those two pitchers. Yeah, Gallant, you know, Gallant did what we know Galat can do, you know, what we've seen him do all year last year, so it was great to see that, because uh, that was probably his best outing so far this year, um, and then like you said, Wade came in and um, slammed the door, I mean, looked really, really good, looked almost dominant, you know, um, and in the fall, we threw him also in some tough situations, and he got, you know, uh, he got barreled up a little bit in the fall, even though the fastball has been you know, really good for him. Um, but it was really good to see him to come in in a situation that he's not been successful in, but then come through and be really good for us. I think talking to Coach Stewart the day after the games, he said he said Wade threw a slider one time and knew he had the guy just stared him down the whole yeah, time that he was yeah. walking back to the mound. So, you know, as a pitching coach, I think as a head coach, anytime you, you love to see a pitcher have that kind right. of moxie. When he knows he's pitched well, you know, yeah. you, you love to see that. So now – Unfortunately, the second game did not go the way of the Wolves. A little, little rough of an outing. You lose that one 22-9. And, and you look at that score and you think 22-9 sounds really bad, but at one point you gave, you, you're, the guys gave themselves a chance to get back right. in it and really fought the whole time, I felt like. But your thoughts on this one? Yeah, um, you know, just going back through the box score, you know, I think we walked 11 um, – we walked 11, and, and going back after the game, you know, I, I went by, go back through the play-by-play -play on the game changer, and I'm like, how did, a lot of times I'm sitting there, I'm like, how did this happen? What were, what were the events of the game? And it was a lot of walk, walk, hit by pitch, single, single. I mean, you're, once again, another really good offense that has good players um, that, that swing the bat to do damage. Um, and they're sitting there and hitter counts, you know, all game long, uh, just, can't win that way. Right. You know, a lot of free passes, and then they did earn some, but we've already, hey, it's first and second, and it's nobody out, and here's a fastball kind of situation, right. and they did what they were supposed to with it. So uh, just a, from a pitching standpoint, um, not great in right. that one. I, I think I told somebody, I said, if there's one consolation that a coach can take from that one, if, if, if you take anything away from it outside of that is, of the 22 runs, 21 of them are earned. So it wasn't like your guys were just throwing it all over the yard, making right. errors, and they, they, you know, they went out and earned right. all those runs except for one of them. So that, I, again, that's a takeaway that you know at least you can grow from that. You know, certainly you don't want to hitters to be in hitters counts, and you're having to give them belt high fastballs and those kind of things. But if there's something you can take away from it, at least it wasn't yeah. we made mistakes. No, they definitely when when we put it up there for them. I mean, they they did earn it. Um, so. It was, I guess, credit to them. Yeah, you run through the, the, the scoring real quick. Dolphins scored two in the bottom of the first to take a lead. The guys actually scored three in the second to, give your, to take your own lead. It was highlighted by two RBIs, single by Bankston, and then one of the, uh, the first big innings for Delgado happens at the bottom of the second. They score seven in that one, and then turn around and score seven in the third as well, too. There was an RBI single by Sam Cook in the third. It ended up being 16-4 to four after three, and you really think at that point, you know, you're down 12. It's like, how do we get back in it well if I've run inning will do it you know right. you score five in the fourth and you're thinking all right we're back in this you know yeah. we still got three innings left if we can just keep them keep shut them down and, and find ways to keep uh, scoring unfortunately that's not what happened you gave up six in the bottom of the fourth and they didn't score in the fifth and they called the game at that point so you know you look at it and um, you know again I, I think there were five hits in this game for the guys and you know not not a, not a great offensive day for you because you know they did make some errors and those kind of things and and you look at the pitching uh d morgan started this one for you again a freshman from louisiana making his first start against delgado um roughed up a little bit An inning and two-thirds seven runs allowed six earns on three hits three walks and uh, and three strikeouts so uh you know, not what you wanted to see out of the freshman making his first start, but I think there's some things right. that he can he can work on and certainly grow from on this one. Yeah, absolutely. And I really I didn't think D pitched that bad on paper. On paper, it may look rough, but 
you know, there was a ball that, you know, I've talked to our players about it. There was a ball that I thought had to be made. It was not a routine play. It was a foul ball uh, down the left field line. But in my opinion, that play has got to be made. Um, and we don't catch that ball. And then the next hitter hits a three-run home run. Mm -hmm. You know, um, or we walk, I think we end up walking that guy or he got a hit. And then the three-run home run. So I felt like if we made that play, maybe a completely different inning. And then I think we drop a fly ball in right field. Um, so there were a couple things that, like, hey, he was doing what he was supposed to right. as far as getting weak contact, and we didn't make a couple plays that we should have. So overall, I didn't think D's uh, performance was that bad. It just we didn't we didn't do a whole lot well in this game to to say that we could deserve to win. Right. So and you also look at it, Caleb Flynn, Judson Griffin, and uh, Sam Thomas all pitching this one as well too, and all you know. Roughed up a little bit in this one as well too, you know. Not 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 lines you want to see from from your pitching staff, but you got through that one. You move on. You come back. You finally get to play at home this yeah. past Friday. Finally got to play that home opener. Uh, and you got Coastal Alabama South came in. You beat the Coyotes seven to one. Just an an absolute masterclass. You know, jumped on them early, often, you know, and shut them down. But your thoughts on that one? Yeah, um, really happy to see. You know win the home opener. Uh, we did, I think we scored one in the first inning. So, you know, that, that's been really fun is the scoring early that we've done. I feel like we've done that in a lot of games. It just scored in the first couple of innings and made some things happen. So that was good to see. And then, you know, the second inning we put up six, which like I told our guys, we did, we did our job of taking our walks, taking our hit by pitches. Um, but once again, not an extreme offensive, right. uh, hit effort, but hey, we do have to take, you know, we stood up there and took our walks, we took our hit by pitches and put up a big inning there um, and eventually, you know, won the game 7-1, to one. so right. can't be mad about a win. Right. Ever. I think if you look at it, the team has scored first in every game except for the win against Pensacola State and then the loss against Delgado um, in the 22-9 the game, but right. um, so anytime you're scoring first, you, you like your odds of being yep. able to win that game. So uh, you look at the scoring again, you mm -hmm. mentioned it, scored one in the bottom of the first. Tucker Jones was hit by a pitch with one out. We, I feel like we say that a lot yeah. for our team. Advanced the third on a single by Wee and then scored on an RBI ground out by Dylan Wesson. And then the sixth run inning happened in the sixth. You had RBIs for Brain Bankston, Brentley Berry, Dylan Wesson, and Riley Easterling. So the lone score for the Coyotes coming in the bottom of the eighth. Uh, pitcher missed a spot. Yeah. Uh, guy just kind of, I felt like he kind of ran into it a little bit too because it he didn't did. look like it was going to get, you know, JD tra tracked it all the way to the wall. I thought yeah. he was going, you know, we had a pitch, a ball earlier in that game that went to the wall and right. he was able to catch it. And I thought that was going to happen again, but that one just got out. But you, you look at the pitching and, and just the dominant performance from Connor Pittman. Five yeah. innings pitched, one hit, and, you know, I jokingly tell people if, if Brittley Berry's ours were just a little bit longer, he probably catches that one. And, yeah. and Connor has five no-hit, no, hit, no score, uh, scoreless innings and, and eight strikeouts, but just a master class from Connor. Yeah, it was really good to see him bounce back after, you know, the first outing at Pensacola, which was still not – not a bad outing, just, you know, got, got hit a little bit. Um, so, I, and I thought he did what he should have done um, with those guys, you know, did, did really well. Um, you know, one thing I think I've gotten used to watching Pittman pitch because I told Coach Stewart, you know, like, man, it didn't look like, I think he was up to 92 mm -hmm. um, that day. And I've just gotten so used to seeing him. I'm sitting there thinking he could throw harder, you know, uh, but – he, and it's not all about that, but right. he did what he was supposed to do. He, he commanded the fastball, commanded a slider, um, and just gave us gave us a great start in that one. So and then you, and you look at your you, – you used three relievers, and I feel like a couple of them were probably, you know, we're going to get them in because these are our only right. games for a little while. So let's get them some action. Uh, and in bowling, two innings of yep. uh, scoreless and hit relief. I thought he looked really sharp on the mound coming out. Uh, Jaden Duncan, he was the one that allowed the run. But, again, still looked sharp for most yep. of it, minus that one pitch. Uh, still had two strikeouts. And then you, you bring in Jordan McKenzie, let him finish it out. Uh, one hit, one strikeout, one walk. So uh, your bullpen came in and, and just – did the job and kept the momentum going right. for you. And that was exactly – we did exactly what you were talking about. You know, we knew, hey, we don't play again until next Thursday. We need to get some guys, you know, live work. And that's kind of why we just went bowling, dunk, uh, J-Mac to get those guys some, some live work. And they all had good outings, you know, other than, like you said, dunk had the, the slider that was supposed to be in the dirt and it was not in the dirt. It was right over the middle and the guy kind of ran into it. So, um, but, no, happy with – 
all the pitching performances. So, and then you, you look ahead, you just mentioned it. We got games up this upcoming Thursday. Uh, you're going to play at home again, friendly confines of Sullivan Field, and you welcome in Nunez. This is a team that you started with last year on the road. You played them over in Chalmette last year, but what do you know about that? the Pelicans coming into this one? Um, I know they will be, I think they're four and six right now, um, but they've played, you know, they've played Jones twice. They played Gulf Coast twice, which are good teams in our league. Um, not sure who else they've played, but they're going to be solid. We played them in the fall. Um, I think they did beat us in the fall. Um, you know, just a bunch that's really scrappy, going to play the game hard. They do have some talented players. So I'm expecting two really, you know, tough, hard-fought games that I think – I definitely think we can win both of them. Um, but it's not going to be easy by any means. So they'll be a, a quality opponent. So lots of uh, lots of exciting things happening for Wolves baseball. Again, they go two and one, split with nationally ranked Delgado in Division One in NJCAA, and then pick up that home win against Coastal Alabama South, and they'll host Nunez this upcoming Thursday. I believe those game times are three and five at Sullivan Field. Don't forget, we'll also have the Lady Wolves and Wolves basketball games at home on that Thursday as well too. And you have the reception honoring uh, former Lady Wolves head coach Gwen Young. So lots of things happening on campus this Thursday. Coach, thanks for joining us. Looking yep. forward to talking to you throughout the season. It's always a lot of fun. It's, it's, it's been a lot of fun to start the year as well, too. So I know a lot of people are excited about what the Wolves baseball team has shown so far. So that will wrap up this week's edition of the Coaching Show. Uh, again, as a reminder, we'll show you that graphic that has everything coming up for the week. Tennis at home against the Central. Then we've got that action-packed Thursday with baseball and basketball. And that will now include tennis. So the graphic will have that tennis is playing on that Friday. They're actually playing on this upcoming Thursday at Northeast. And then we'll be on to the next week. I'm Kevin Kaiser, Sports Information Coordinator here at Colin. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll talk to you next week.